Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. You're listening to Todd Mickelson's A Satellite View podcast. And I want to talk about the Renewable Energy Act and um, touch base on some of the arguments being made by the Republicans against the act. But then also I want to go through how it's going to affect Minnesota, surprising ways that it's going to uh, take effect in Minnesota. First of all, the electric car subsidies. You hear Republicans saying, well, that's only going to benefit rich people because most people can't afford a $80,000 Tesla. Well, I am a Tesla owner, and in the I bought my Tesla in the end of 2020, November of 2020. And at that time, a Tesla Model 3 base price was $38,000. You know, that's not a whole lot higher than a lot of, you know, Jeep Cherokee kind of cars that are very popular. So first of all, they're lying about that. Secondly, that's the whole point. If you can't afford, say, a $38,000 car, you can only afford maybe $29,000 car. These subsidies are going to make you be able to buy a Tesla Model 3. By the way, there are less expensive electric vehicles. I know somebody who's very happy with a uh, an electric uh, Mini Cooper, for instance. Doesn't have the range of a Tesla, but he doesn't really need that. So the fact that, I mean, it, it, the whole point of it, it's not going to help rich people because rich people don't need the subsidy. It's going to help the people who need the subsidy, you idiots. It's the say, same thing, by the way, with student loans. They say student loans are only going to help rich people, which, of course, they're just projecting. They're the ones who only help rich people. Trump tax cuts $2 trillion, and it all goes to the most wealthy few in the country. And now they're saying the student loan payoffs. This is Student loan payoffs are getting people out of jail, basically. I mean, figuratively speaking. I know what it's like to feel debilitated by money. You can't, you, you cannot move forward in your life. And these people who have student loans, they can't, a, a lot of them can't move forward. And then, of course, you have people my age or, or even older talking about, well, you know, I paid up my own student loan. Yeah, your student loan was $2,000. <laughs> your whole education was maybe Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Your whole four-year college. Anyway, we were talking about the uh, in, the Inflation uh, Reduction Act and how it's going to play out in Minnesota. And I am reading here from a article in MinPost that I think is really good. It's written by Anna Radalat. She is the uh, Washington D.C. correspondent for MinPost. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. There's a big chance I'm not. I'm just going to start reading from the article here. As a leader in renewable energy resources, Minnesota could have an outsized impact from the climate change fighting provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act. 
The bill, of course signed by Joe Biden this last Tuesday, would offer nearly $370 billion in incentives to customers, utilities, and corporations to curb planet warming emissions. This is the whole thing about it. Instead of punishing for burning too many pollution uh, creating things, we're incentivizing people to not. Democrats and others who supported the bill, including Minnesota's rural electric cooperatives, say the bill complements steps the state has already taken to promote the use of renewable energy sources. And environmentalists and their supporters in Congress say the climate provisions in the bill is just a start. For instance, Senator Tina Smith says it's a landmark piece of legislation and it's just the beginning of what we need to and can accomplish. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, renewable resources including wind, solar, hydropower, and biomass generate the largest share of Minnesota's electricity. That's something I think people don't realize. In 2021, renewables, like those that I just mentioned, accounted for 29% of the total in-state electricity net generation, meaning basically what people were using for energy in Minnesota. 29% of all of that was provided by renewable energy. Coal fueled 26%. Nuclear power supplied 24%. And natural gas contributed 21%. So Minnesota has already exceeded the state's mandatory renewable energy portfolio standard, which requires that the state's electricity providers, with the exception of the largest utility, generate or procure at least 25% of their electricity retail sales from eligible renewable sources by 2025. Minnesota has achieved that already uh, in 2021. The new law extends wind, biomass, and solar tax credits for 10 years. This is a big deal. These credits have been renewed by Congress largely on a year-to-year basis, resulting in uncertainty for investors in these sectors and boosts credits for other renewable fuel sources. Carol Andrus, for, uh, for instance, she's an associate vice president of climate and legislative affairs at the Environmental Defense Fund. She says, we just put the tax credits on steroids. In the weeks before Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced last month that there was a breakthrough in negotiations on the Inflation Reduction Act, which not only targets climate change, but also expands health care benefits, Environmental groups like EDF, who I just mentioned, um, she says they felt pretty crummy and hopeless because it looked like any progress in this climate change legislation was hopelessly stalled. In the end, the Inflation Reduction Act turned out to be a study in persistence and political compromise. Unlike other congressional efforts to curb climate change, the Inflation Reduction Act mainly uses incentives instead of punishments winning its support from key industry groups. So that's how you win the people who are fighting against it because they have all the power. I used to say 30 years ago, why don't we you know, convince the electric companies, the, the, the oil uh, companies, that we will keep them in power. We need to incentivize them to begin to stop using oil. 
So Standard Oil Company will still be the largest provider of energy that oil used to provide, but they will now be providing it through solar. Of course, the oil companies already get subsidies, but we're going to take away your subsidies unless you start integrating renewable energy into your planning. Now, here's something that I think is really important. We're talking about leveling the playing field for rural electricity. Again, Democrats care about rural Minnesota. Republicans don't care about any part of Minnesota. Republicans want everyone to suffer because they think that's the only way they can win the next election. Republicans have not won a statewide election in Minnesota since 2006. Okay, let's talk about rural electricity. Besides tax credits for industries and utilities that use renewable fuels, the Inflation Reduction Act rewards consumers who adopt home energy efficiencies with rebates and offers tax credits to those who purchase electric vehicles. Buyers of a new EV could be eligible for a $7,500 tax credit. So that already brings your price of a, of a Tesla down to about 31000 Those who purchase a used EV could take $4,000 off their federal taxes. That's what we're talking about. And people who cannot afford electric vehicles, we're going to make them be able to afford it. We're not giving the subsidies to the rich people. We're giving it to the people who can't afford it. Yet for Minnesota's electric cooperatives, the incentives to, re, uh, to use renewable fuels may not be their biggest benefit in the act. The new law also addresses a long-standing problem for nonprofits like the electric co-ops who have had trouble taking full advantage of federal tax credits. To take full benefit, these co-ops had to enter into complicated partnerships with for-profit entities. But the act's direct pay provision Let's nonprofits take the full credit. Derek Moe, the CEO of the Minnesota Rural Electric Association, says this will allow us to continue to deploy renewables on a level playing field. He goes further on to say Minnesota's 50 rural electric cooperatives serve about one-third of the state's ratepayers. The largest is Great River Energy. David Rinaldo, the company's uh, Great River Energy's uh, communication director, said, we absolutely supported this bill. This bill is totally in sync with our vision. While he said the Inflation Reduction Act will grease the skids for new in innovations, Great River Energy's customers are not likely to see lower bills, at least not right away. But the company said over the long term, Great River Energy expects the provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act to reduce costs for cooperative members, both through financial incentives for energy innovation on the electric system, as well as reducing overall energy costs by making it easier for cooperative members to use electricity in new, efficient, and cost-effective ways, such as electric vehicles and heat pumps, which is something I don't know what that is. Uh, but it also provides $500 million for new biofuel infrastructure. Meantime, uh, the, the Nature Conservancy predicted the Inflation Reduction Act will drive more than $6.6 billion of investment to Minnesota, and it'll create 10,000 new jobs each year for the next 10 years. Now, of course, uh, Republicans were completely against all of this. Another Minnesota lawmaker championed provisions in the wide-ranging act, Angie Craig, 
from the uh, District 2 Congressional 2nd District in Minnesota. She sponsored legislation that would cap insulin costs for all insured patients at $35 a month. Republicans hated that. Republicans are only sticking up for pharmaceutical companies. They're not sticking up for people. So they made sure that only Medicare patients would have that $35 a month cap. So if you don't have Medicare, you're still going to die if you have diabetes. That's what Republicans want for you. They made a parliamentary objection to you being able to afford insulin so that you can stay alive. (sighs) Um, Skipping ahead a little bit, Tina Smith, one of our two senators, she said, I have no doubt that when I look back on my service in the Senate, I will see the Inflation Reduction Act as one of the most important things I had a chance to work on. You know, there are still people who think it maybe didn't go quite far enough. <clears throat> but um, it's a, 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 of course, it's a start in the right direction. Now, uh, Representative Brand, Brad Finstead, who is in the first district, who has only been in Congress for what, a week? Uh, he won the special election. Uh, was that last Tuesday? A little more than a week ago. He says, as though he even read the bill, he was saying he was going to vote against it if he won the election, even though he admitted to not reading the bill. But he says, on multiple fronts, this bill takes the wrong approach. Instead of spending billions to hire an army of IRS agents and wasting billions more on programs that won't improve the economy, Congress should focus on ways to unleash the power of America's farmers and small businesses and allow for more American-made energy to bring down gas prices. So that was obviously written for him. He doesn't have the capacity to come up with a sentence like that. And that is a regular Republican argument. First of all, they're really mad about IRS agents trying to scare everybody into thinking that IRS agents are going to come to your house. Well, if, if you file your taxes every year, they're not going to come to your house at all. And even if they did, they would not have AR-15s like the Republicans are trying to tell you they will. And also their argument against IRS agents is only sticking up for super uber wealthy tax cheats. Most people who are not super uber wealthy try and do their taxes as best they can. I have, for instance, had the government say, hey, you screwed up on your taxes. You paid too much. Here's a check for uh, you know, $85. They corrected my taxes for me and gave, you know, told me that I had overpaid and, and compensated me for my overpayment. That's happened to me at least three times I can remember off the top of my head. That's what the IRS does. So Republicans sticking up for tax cheats, and also because of those tax cheats, that's why we have trouble. That's why we have a deficit. Now, of course, Democrats have been working on that under the Joe Biden administration, and we have brought the deficit down by a substantial amount in less than two years of having power. Republicans hate that. They want Americans to suffer so that they can talk about how bad the Democrats are doing. They hate it when Democrats are doing things that help the country. And I want to point out something 
that Brad Finstead said about unleashing the power of America's farmers and small businesses. Republicans have been fighting against small businesses, including family farms, which are small businesses. Family farms, their biggest concern in Minnesota is monopolies. We need antitrust laws. That's what we need because the large corporate farms are pushing the family farms out of being able to make a living running a farm. That's what family farmers are most concerned about. Brad. You've been listening to A Satellite View with host Todd Mickelson. Go to ToddMickelson.com for links and more information.